Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Tonight I want to minister on the ministry of the Holy Ghost. The ministry of the Holy Ghost. Father, I thank you tonight. That in the name of your son, Jesus, that you would cloak me now with a cloak that I've never experienced that will cause yokes to be destroyed, burdens to be removed, so that people can see clearly who they are in Christ, what they have in Christ, and what they can do in Christ because there's no defeat in Christ Jesus. So we thank and we praise you for every miracle, every ministry that shall happen in this session in Jesus Christ's name. Can the church say amen? Nugget number one, please, to our video department. Would you put your hands together for our video department? Thank God some of you don't see them. Ushers, if you'll help me, please. Glory to God. Glory to God. Put your hands together again for our video department. Like I said, sometimes you don't see them. If you're coming in, please have a seat. Praise the Lord. I just want to stay in this vein, in this flow. Hallelujah. Nugget number one. Is it up there? Is it up there? Well, what, what does it say? Now, now, if I would have had an opportunity, we had an old wild preacher Sunday. They didn't give me a chance to speak. But when the speaker Sunday start talking about being sealed, I almost went through my seat because that was my message. I was going to minister on Sunday that we're sealed by the Holy Ghost. Ready? Read number one again. The Holy Spirit seals the believer. That's why some things that happened to you couldn't stay happening to you. Because you were sealed. That's why some things and some pits and some sins and some mistakes you fell in, you couldn't dwell in it because you've been sealed. That's why some folks could turn their backs and walk away from God and never look back. And you turn your back on God, but you had to turn around and come back to him because you were sealed. Good God of mercy. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, I belong to him. <laughs> Nugget number two, please. Ready? Read. Come on, say it again. The Holy Spirit puts a brand. Now, I know this is a crude term, but uh, cattlemen, farmers, uh, they put brands on their livestock. So just in case their livestock busts through the fence and start mingling with a neighbor's cows or livestock, uh, they can go out, even though they might look the same, they, they might sound the same, you know, the same move, the same bag. <clears throat> but, but every farmer, every livestock owner, he will grab a, a, a potential cow or something and look for the brand. And that branding on that cow or that livestock Tells that farmer, 
if that livestock belongs to him or somebody else. When the devil puts his hands on you, you've been branded by the Holy Ghost. And when he looks and see the brand, he knows that you belong to Jesus and not to him. Glory to God. Nugget number three, please. Ready? Read. The Holy Spirit is a person who should not be grieved. So we can grieve the Holy Ghost. Amen? Nugget number four, please. Nugget number four. Ready? Read. We'll, 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 we'll deal with that a, a little later. Okay. Oh, God. Read it again. He can only be grieved by those he loves. Those that belong to the kingdom, other people can make him mad. You can't make him mad. You can't make him angry. You can only grieve him. Why? Because he loves you. Nobody can grieve you unless you love them. Nugget number five. Come on, ready? Read. Sealed. We have been sealed by the Holy Ghost. Which indicates that we're not our own. We have an owner. Good God of mercy. We have a master. I said we have an owner. And our security in being successful in this life is not predicated on our ability, but it's predicated on who owns us. Good God of mercy. Now let's teach a little bit. Let's back up, as we said in nugget number one, the Holy Spirit seals the believer. Sealed is part of the fivefold work of the Holy Ghost in the life of the believer. Now, this is a little overview. We've already dealt with this. Uh, uh, the Holy Spirit regenerates. W what's the other one? The Holy Spirit what? The fivefold. He baptizes, he indwells, he feels, and he seals. And then I shared with you in former lessons that uh, there's a difference between indwelling and feeling. There's a difference between indwelling and being feeling of the Spirit of God. We've already dealt with that, yes? Now, look at your neighbor and smile. Said, you've been sealed by the Holy Ghost. Come on, tell them like you believe it. You have been sealed by the Holy Ghost. The devil can't have you. You have been branded by the Spirit of God. There's a brand on you that tell the whole world that you belong to God. What I'm saying to you is you are God's property. <laughs> and the devil knows it, but he doesn't want you to get the revelation so that you'll act like you don't belong to God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. 
2 Corinthians chapter number 1. Let's look together at verse number 20. Ready? Listen. For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen. To the glory of God through us. Now, verse 21, he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Verse 22, ready? Read. Who has what? Who also has sealed us. Go ahead. Good God of mercy. So the Holy Spirit in our lives is a, um, he's a, he's a down payment. The, the Holy Spirit is earnest money. In other words, uh, anybody know what I'm talking about when I say earnest money? Anybody ever put down earnest money? Uh, earnest money just simply means that you're committed to the deal. And they always ask for enough earnest money that it'll cost you if you back out. That's why when you put down earnest money and then you decide you want to back out, you get nervous because uh, you ask them, can I get it back? Well, the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer, he's earnest money. He's a down payment. That means he's not all of what God's going to do in your life. He's the down payment of what's coming down the road. Are you hearing me today? When, when you put earnest money down on a house or whatever, uh, there comes a, they give you a date. They give you a time. I forget what they call it. Uh, a closing. They give you a, a, who Jesus. They give you the date of the closing. Now, it may be 30 days away. It may be 60 days away. It may be less or more. But they give you a date when the closing comes. That means all the money that is necessary for the person who's releasing the property. Uh, at that time, they get all of their, uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, their, uh, 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 what's something else you call it? What, what is it? Uh, equity. They get all the equity. In other words, uh, they may have a house sold for $300,000, but they only have $100,000 worth of equity in the home. That means $200,000 is going to the bank or whoever. Are you following me? Good God of mercy. Is this helping anybody? So, so they give you a, what did you say it was, a date? They give you a closing date. Well, if the Holy Spirit is the down payment, he's the earnest money, then we need to find out when is our closing date. Because the closing date, we're going to get everything that God has made available to us. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. All the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Oh, hallelujah. That'll make a Baptist shout. So the Holy Spirit puts a brand on you to show 
that you belong to God. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. I got stirred up already. Ephesians chapter 1. Good God of mercy. Good. You'd have to work real hard to miss this. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Are you there? Ephesians chapter 1. I believe I want verse number 13. Look at Ephesians 1, verse 13. In him you also trusted. After you heard, what did you hear? The word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. In whom also, having believed, come on, talk to me. You were what? You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Look at verse 14. Who is, preach boy, preach. Who, not was, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. <laughs> He's the earnest money. Oh, God. <sighs> who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise. So we pass from God's work for us to the work of the Holy Spirit in us. So we operate now that we're filled with the Holy Ghost, we don't operate with the arm of the flesh. What we do, we do by the power of God. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. It ain't about me. It's about this power that God has downloaded on the inside of me that will destroy yokes and remove burdens in your life. It's not about me. It's about this, this electrical current of the Spirit of God. It's about these jumper cables that I put on you in faith that releases the power of God into your life to drive out anything the devil is trying to do in and through your life. Somebody say amen, amen. to this truth. Now, now let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Ephesians 4. Oh, God, here we go. Ready? Read. Read it again. Go ahead. Read, read it again. And do not. So, so hold on. So you can grieve the Holy Spirit. Raise your hand if you're a believer. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. But the word challenges you. Come on, Usher. And the, but the word challenges you to not grieve the Holy Spirit. How many of you want to grieve the Holy Ghost? One. Oh, that wasn't a hand. I'm sorry. So none of us want to grieve him. Well, if we don't want to grieve him, then we need to find out what grieves him. 
so that we don't do it. Because when we grieve him, he can't work on our behalf. There's a disconnect. So the word of God says, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Read it again. And do not grieve the Holy Ghost of God by whom you were sealed. Come on. So the Holy Spirit is a person who can be grieved. You, you need to say that. The Holy Spirit is a person. Say it again. Come on, E-Church, say it again. So if he's a person, you can get to know him. If he's a person, you can talk to him. If he's a person, he can talk back. So the Holy Spirit is what? He's what? Notice he's not an it. And he doesn't hit you. So those of you who are waiting on the Holy Ghost to hit you, if you get hit, it won't be him. You may have been hit by a Holy Spirit or hit in a fight, but the Holy Spirit doesn't hit you. He doesn't come to hit you. He comes to empower you. He comes to empower you to victory. He comes to guide you. He comes to lead you. He comes to strengthen you when you're feeling weak. He comes to help you when you're trying to do something that you can't do by yourself. And notice the Holy Spirit doesn't do it for you. Um, 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 uh, this, this, this chair is really heavy. Uh, senior associate, would you come help me carry this heavy chair? It, it's, it's so heavy. Would, would you help me carry this? J just grab it. Okay. Okay. Goodness, help me. <laughs> you can put it down. It's getting a little heavy. <laughs> That's what a lot of you think the Holy Spirit is. You ask him for help, and then you do nothing. And he only helps you in areas that you can't do it by yourself. So this 300-pound chair, would you help me? I want to take it by the podium. Now, I couldn't do it by myself, but I can do it with my helper. Now, the helper of the Holy Ghost he is not going to violate the word of God, which just simply means he's not going to come and do it for you. He's only going to help you. Because he's not been called to carry the chair by himself. He's been called and sent by Jesus to help you carry the chair. To help you to get to where God is wanting you to go. He's been sent by Jesus to help you to fulfill your purpose and your destiny. Not to do it all for you, but to help you. 
and he can only help you if you listen. Why? Because you don't know where to go to fulfill your purpose and your destiny. You just know something is on the inside of you that's burning that needs to get out and he's the only one who know how to get it out and he's the only one who know how to direct it. Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, no, we'll just leave it here. We, we might need it again. He just wants to stay on the camera. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is a person who can be grieved. Look at verse number 31 of the same, the, the, the same passage, Ephesians 4. Look at verse 31. Ready? Read. Oh, hold on now. Verse 30, you said that the Holy Spirit, well, the, the Word of God says, grieve not the Holy Spirit, then I asked the congregation and the e-church, how many of you want to grieve the Holy Spirit? And all of you said, we don't want to grieve him. Well, that's wonderful and good, but I need to know what grieves him so that I don't do it because I need his help. Now, look at verse 31. Verse 31, ready, read. Okay, we're going to go to the next verse, but before we do that, read slower. As a matter of fact, this will help you because you don't need it. But the person next to you, they, they really do need to hear this because they've been grieving him. So read it to them so they'll know they need to stop doing this because God's got so much more to do in and through their lives that the Holy Spirit can't do because they're preventing him from operating in their lives like he needs to because they keep engaging in things that grieves the Spirit of God. So, so read it now, not to yourself, but read it to your neighbor that you know need it. You know your husband need it. You know your wife need it. And you know the person sitting next to you need it because they sit down and they didn't even speak to you. Ready? Read. No, re read it like you want them to get it. All right, here, here we go. Read it like you would if you was in the parking lot with them. Ready? Read. Go ahead to verse 32. Read it again. Stop being so mean. can you be that saved and be so moody and mean like that? We don't know whether to say good morning and quit blaming it. You know, you haven't had your first. You're addicted if you can't be nice until you get a cup of coffee. Don't, don't say nothing to me right now. It's early in the morning. I hadn't, I hadn't had my coffee yet. I'll be all right in a minute. Catch me around 10 o'clock. 10 it's too early for me to be nice. Stop that foolishness. And be kind. Put, verse number, put that back up, uh, video department. Verse number two. It's probably for you. Verse number 32. Ready? Read. Harvest Church. 
Be kind to each other. Stop going into the community being nice to them and mean to us. Then you go out in the community and get a visitor and you bring them to church and then you get up in our face and go to grinning. You didn't grin at me last Sunday when you didn't bring a visitor with you. Now you're showing off. No, don't speak to me this Sunday like you ignored me last Sunday. Now you're trying to show off with your guests like you nights like that. Like you speak to everybody. Hello? 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 <laughs> no, we're, we're grieving the Holy Spirit. See, you, we always think of some major, what we call major sin. And a major sin is what other people do. Major sins is not what we struggle with. Major sins is what you do. You know, major sin is something somebody else does. But God says, you grieve the Holy Spirit when we're not kind to one another. How can you speak to two people in a circle of three and ignore somebody else like you don't see them? How can you do that? And the Bible says, you're grieving the Holy Spirit or you're not speaking to him because you got something in your heart. You're grieving the Holy Spirit. Verse 32. And be kind to one another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving. One another. Even as Christ Jesus has forgiven us. How can we need all of this forgiveness from Jesus every day and not give it to our brothers? How can we need 30 or 40 forgivenesses a day from God and not give two to our brother or sister? That's about, about, about my, I, I need about 30 or so a day from God. And how can I ask God to forgive me for something about 30 or 40 times a day and then hold, hold to the debt to my brother or sister who asking for forgiveness and I won't give it to him? Thank you, God, that you don't treat us like we treat one another. Because when you don't forgive, you don't hold that person in bondage. You put yourself in bondage. And you stop the flow of the Holy Spirit. You've grieved him. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you and I. Can somebody say amen? To the, is, this, is this blessing you at all? So we have to stop grieving the Holy Spirit. Now, this grieving, this grieving attribute of the Holy Spirit is really an extension of his love. Notice the word says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit. This grieving is really an extension 
of his love because you can't grieve him if you don't belong to God. Because you can only grieve somebody if they love you. I'm not angry at my child. They're grieving me by the way they're acting. I raised them better than that. I'm not angry. I don't want to disown them. I'm not sorry I had them, but they're grieving me. They're grieving me, and they're only grieving me because they have a place in my heart. The only reason it means something to me is because they have a place in my heart, and I want better for them, and I can do more for them if they stop grieving me. Boy, I mean, if you just act up and do right, man, I got more than that that I want to do for you. And that's the way God is with us. You, you, you haven't seen nothing. If you'll just stop grieving me, watch what I'll do for you. Your husband will manifest. Your wife will manifest if you stop grieving me. And you don't have to beg for it. I want you to have it. But I want the right one, but I can't do it because you're grieving me. Mm -hmm. Stop backbiting. Stop being jealous. Stop being envious. Stop spewing strife. Stop causing division. Stop being a gossiper. And the thing about it today, you can gossip without even opening your mouth with this with your phone. You're just gossiping all day. Ain't nobody saying nothing now, Lord. Give me something different. Can somebody say amen? So, as I said, grieving is an attribute of the Holy Spirit. It really is an extension of his love. Ah, this, this is powerful. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, you prevent him from doing all that he wants to do. But this is what I love. You can't grieve him away. But that's good news. You can grieve him, but you can't grieve him away because he's never going to leave you. You can grieve him and shut down his ability to work on your behalf, but you can't grieve him away. Good God of mercy. You, you can't grieve him so much where he takes his hands off and says, I'll just leave you alone. God, God. Because if we could grieve him away, he'd have been left me a long time ago. And I'm not even going to raise my head because I know I'm not the only one in the crowd. So we can either live with a grieved Holy Spirit or we can live with an ungrieved Holy Spirit. Which one are you living with? Because you can't grieve him away. So he's with you whether you grieve him or not. So the point being made is are you living with a grieved Holy Spirit? Or are you living with an ungrieved Holy Spirit? And you don't have to scratch your head. We just read the things that grieved him. So if I'm doing those things, I know I'm living with a grieved Holy Ghost. But I also know if I'm not doing those things that are grieving him, I'm living with a Holy Spirit that I'm not grieving.
Ooh, Jesus. Is this, is this, is this helping anybody at all? Now, let's look real quick at Revelations. I'm, I'm sorry, video department. Just, just real quick, Revelations chapter 2, and then, I'll, then I'll, 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 I'll bring it to a close. Revelations chapter 2. Most people get scared when you say Revelation. Revelation chapter 2. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Revelations chapter 2, verse number 4. Revelations 2. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against you because you have left your first love. You have left your first love. And this was, this was uh, uh, the word of God talking and addressing the church at Ephesus. And uh, this modern-day church, we're kind of like the church of Ephesus. Uh, they, they have a lot of material things, and, and they're still pursuing a lot of material things. As a matter of fact, most of their frustration in their Christian walk is because there's something that they don't have. And uh, they have so many things that they, they think they lack nothing. And God had to get their attention. Can, can I go ahead with this? All of us. We all have to guard our hearts when we start experiencing breakthroughs. Because the lack of breakthroughs forces you to your knees. It's, it's something about prosperity that if you don't handle it correctly, it causes leanness of soul. You, you want to find out if you really love God? You really love God? Get a lot of money and find out if you'll still come. Matter of fact, you don't have to be rich. Just, just, just double up. And, and find out if you'll still come. Do you come to the house of God because you love him? Or do you come to the house of God because you always want something? You, you need a breakthrough. And, and sometimes in the world, it's not the devil that's causing certain things that's going on in people's lives. Sometimes God is permitting certain things to happen because he's trying to get your attention again. You asked for a blessing and he gave it to you and now you're worshiping the blessing. You're worshiping the house. You're worshiping the car. You're worshiping your bank account. You're worshiping the degree that's on the wall. You're worshiping your intellectual capacity. Where at one time you were walking by faith, now you won't do nothing unless it makes sense to your mind. Is this good teaching? Now let's, 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 let's wrap it up. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I have one more chapter and verse I want to share with you. Second Corinthians, and this is powerful. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5. You ready? Second Corinthians chapter 5, you ready? Ready? Read. Read it again. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God. Go ahead. Given us the spirit as a guarantee. Here we go again with this earnest money. The earnest of the spirit implies that there's more to come. Come on, touch three people and say, there's more to come. There's, there's more to come. I shared with you earlier that earnest money is not the full amount. He's the earnest of the spirit. But earnest money is not the total bill. It's not the total blessing. It's just the down payment. It's just, it's just a deal. It's, it's somebody putting value on the table that is so valuable that they can't back out of the deal. He's the earnest of the spirit. In other words, the father is saying, I got more for you than you know. But just to show you that I got blessings on the table for you, I'm going to put down earnest money. And the earnest money is the helper, the Holy Ghost. He's the earnest of the Spirit. Oh, God, is this helping anybody at all? One of these days, we're going to move out. Somebody say move out. One of these days, we're going to move out of this old house. And the Holy Spirit is the earnest money, oh God, that we got a better house that we're going to move to, good God of mercy, that one day we're going to move out of this house. My heart goes out to some people. They're so wrapped up in this house. They do so much pampering to this house. They wash this house. They should. But we, but we spend so much time on the house that many times we put cheap furniture in the house. Or we spend so much time on the house, and I met some people like that, that when you go to the house, they don't even have any furniture. And that's some people. Their house, the exterior, is so pretty because that's where they spend all their time. I mean, there's not an eyelash out of place. But on the inside, I mean, they're like dead men bones. They're selfish, self-centered, egotistical, mean-spirited, selfish, 
no patience. They get mad at you because you're not perfect like they're perfect. But I mean, they live in a beautiful house. I mean, when they walk in the room, ooh, who's that? Come on, that's what they do when you walk in, don't they? That's what they do when I walk in. Ooh, who's he? Well, if I don't say it, I don't care what you think about yourself. I'm talking about what I think about me. The sad part about it When you walk in, is that all you are? You work overtime to catch a man with your exterior. But when he gets you, he discovers there's no substance. But you pass a brother or a sister who may not have majored on the exterior, but what they have on the inside will help you fulfill your purpose and your destiny. I mean, they're sharp on the outside, but she can't help you finish a sentence. You can't spell and she can't spell either. But she's pretty. He's handsome. I mean, he, I mean you notice him, ooh, who's that guy? But it won't work. And he's all right with you taking care of him. But you got to have him. Now it's a fight every morning. You get up to go to work and he's in bed snoring. And you just stand at the door and just look at him. He don't even know you're looking. It's 8 o'clock. What you going to do today? Did you hear me? What you going to do today? I'm going to go to work. I got some things I got to do. What you going to do today? And he's snoring. Not because he works the graveyard. He's just sleeping in the grave. But you had to have him. Now every woman who come up to you and say, boy, your husband, he sure looks good. You don't say it outside, but on the inside you say, you want him? (laughs) There was four other people after him, including four other women wanted him along with me. I'm sorry, I won. So one day we will move out of this old house and we will meet the Lord Jesus Christ in the air. Can somebody say amen on that? Let's close, and I, let's close with the few minutes we have left. First Thessalonians chapter 4, and I think I've shared enough tonight with you. Hopefully you got something. First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Oh, God. He's the earnest of the Spirit which implies that there's more to follow. What is the more to follow? Look at verse 17. Ready? Read. Meet the Lord in the air. And thus, 
Stop living down here like you're going to be here for eternity. Everything you have down here, it's all temporal. It's all temporal. You heard me say a few services ago, that's why when you get older, you have to catch yourself. You have to tell that person, straighten up. Because they're all bent over. Because where your body came from is being called back. And you have to catch yourself. Because something invisible is pulling you back to the earth. And you just find yourself walking around. And after a while, you get comfortable in this position. And then... You bend over more. And then you see some people, they're all the way like this. They're like this. Because the earth is calling its property back unto itself. But praise be to Jesus. The dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air and we'll forever be with the Lord. That means we're going to trade in this temple, this tabernacle. We're going to trade in this mortal house for a house that is eternal. Can somebody say amen? And somebody said, when we get to heaven, will we know one another? Will you see people and know them? Is this helping anybody? I believe emphatically yes. I don't know what your terrestrial or whatever body we all are going to have, but I believe whatever it's going to be like, it's going to be recognizable. How do you have proof? Because when Jesus put his blood on the mercy seat and he came back from glory and appeared unto the apostles, they knew who he was. I said they knew who he was. And I believe when we get to heaven, we're going to know our mothers. And our fathers, we're going to know the person who witnessed to us and led us in the things of God. I don't know what kind of body we're going to have, but I do know the body we're going to have and we're going to be able to recognize one another. Then I know some of you carnal minds are saying, well, will my wife be my wife when I get there? Will my husband be my husband when they get there? Well, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> it's going to be a different order. I'm going to leave that alone. So we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. And sealed indicates ownership. It indicates security. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit of God, which indicates or, or, or denotes authority. It also denotes identification. So being sealed by the Spirit of God, it means that we have ownership. To be sealed by the Holy Spirit also means that we have value. And if we could ever get a revelation of how much we mean to God, stop saying you're nothing. Jesus didn't die for nothing. And Jesus paid a price for you because you are valuable. And if you were not valuable, why is the devil always trying to give you trouble? Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. 
click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.